From beach towels to tea towels and from mugs to water bottles, the TNT Shop has it all. Browse our shop now at tntradio.live. The voice of a changing world, Chris Smith, on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. G'day, g'day. I hope you're well. Good to have your company today. And no matter where you might be on this wide, vast planet of ours, it is good to have your company and you are have joined us on a very special day. Well, not very special, but special because it is TNT's second birthday. Two years ago on this day, January 10, the idea was airborne, actually went to air as a non-visual radio station on the internet. And since then, we have had 10 million downloads of our programs. And that's um, separate to how many people have been watching and listening ever since. And now, of course, since early December, late November, they have been watching us on all the streaming platforms in the entire universe. So it's an exciting day. Just two years in, we're at full strength. We're running at 1,000 kilometres an hour, and uh, we're looking forward to your company throughout this 2024th year. I don't have a birthday cake, but maybe a cupcake will do after the program. Uh, In terms of um, a positive day, it's not too positive if you have been impacted by the COVID mRNA vaccines, because I'm going to tell you the latest from the UK shortly, some outrageous news about the disappointing treatment of legitimate victims of the jab who are still being cancelled on social media because they dared to tell people of their experience. These are certified official victims, able to have uh, be spoken to and interviewed in the official UK COVID inquiry. They are official victims, and yet on social media, they are wiped. Can you believe this? And they're going through their own pains and difficulties in their life because of the jab, but they're being ostracised and cancelled by our social media giants. I think it's appalling and it deserves to be told. I'll do that today. My special guest on the program in this edition is political pundit and activist, uh, one of my colleagues here at TNT, Timothy Shea. I'm a huge supporter of what Timothy does on air. We'll discuss the sad and shocking reaction to some traction that Donald Trump is getting in the polls by a mainstream media host. This woman couldn't believe what she was hearing. She was disgusted that so many Americans are now turning away from the Democrats and forming a line behind Trump. We'll play that for you. We'll talk about Ukraine and the furious debate about how much more can be given to Vladimir Zelensky. And a lot of people are arguing enough is enough. Plus, is Joe Biden about to pull the plug on his ridiculous re-election strategy for 2024? Well, one particular news source is saying that's exactly what he's thinking of doing, pulling the plug. All of that with Timothy Shea. From Las Vegas today, our intrepid cyber and tech reporter, Alex Zaharoff-Royt, will tune in and uh, report in from Las Vegas. Lucky ducky. Uh, He is at the CES Technology Expo, and uh, it has actually unveiled some ridiculous, 
and quite futuristic devices, which they say that we will be using and be employing in the years to come, like transparent televisions. I said, what? Transparent televisions. I don't get it. And, of course, everything is related to AI. Um, We'll explain exactly how that's going to impact your life in the immediate term. Uh, We've got an Australian senator joining us on the program today. Holly Hughes from New South Wales is returning after her break. We'll find out how uh, her uh, sojourn through the Christmas period has gone. But we'll get down to business and talk about the Prime Minister's warning to supermarkets in Australia about lowering their prices. Can a Prime Minister do such a thing? Can you imagine the President of the United States saying to the Walmarts of the world, lower your prices, we can't afford to pay them. Would they even listen to him? Would they even lower their prices as a result? And what for? Um, we'll find out whether any of that is possible. We've uh, we've got to talk about this Indigenous group that's forming, um, I, I guess, some kind of united front against Israel in Australia, and they are telling the Prime Minister to cut all ties with Tel Aviv. Uh, We'll talk about that. There are a group of conservative politicians in Australia warning that we should stop all carbon emissions targets set down for 2035. Well, you know what I think about that. That will do nothing to change the temperature of the planet. We're wasting our time and we're very much wasting our money, trillions of it, in fact. And we'll talk about the possible dumping of the Republic. No Republic on the agenda for the current Australian Labor government. That's all with Holly Hughes. And, of course, we've got you. It's been a lively time this uh, first four days of 2024 since I've been back in the chair on the talkback lines. We like that. We want to hear from you. You count. Your opinions matter. So let us have it on our lines from the United States and Canada. That number is 1-888-201-6425. From the UK, 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. Write it down. Put those numbers in your phone, your cell phone or smartphone, or even on the fridge at home because You never know the day you really want to have your say about something that hits you right between the eyes. You'll have the numbers there and ready to go. You're with Chris Smith broadcasting live from Sydney, Australia, for the next two hours on the Global News Talk Network, TNT. Russia, gas prices, COVID mandates. It just doesn't seem like anybody's doing anything about it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Now, I have spent the last two days of this program not all of the program, but some parts of the programs, talking about the gross hypocrisy of Facebook. Um, We've now determined that despite the platform's obsession with so-called misinformation and the insistence by government agencies that they cancel thousands and thousands of public posts that don't suit the government's narrative, they'll do that easily, but they won't detect or remove dealers on Facebook selling illicit drugs. Why? More on that story a little bit later in the program. But the censorship of COVID-related comments on Facebook, it continues in the UK. They have not backed off, and it's becoming even more absurd. Would you believe that people who suffered life-changing injuries after being given the Oxford-AstraZeneca jab claim that their posts on the subject are still being censored by social media? 
They've got a major long-running COVID inquiry going on and you can't talk about it on social media. These people aren't outsiders theorising about the dangers of COVID-19. No way. Although that shouldn't make any difference, of course. These people are actual victims, real-life sufferers. Um, That's more than censorship on the grounds of speculation. It is a cover-up of factual case studies. That's what it is. And I think it's wrong. According to the Daily Mail in London, these vaccine victims include a father of two who formed a blood clot which caused a permanent brain injury after getting the jab. The same man as one of those cases suing AstraZeneca in the High Court of the UK over the injury. His symptoms and his identity are known by those in that court and in the COVID sector. It is a shocking cover-up that he cannot talk freely about his experiences. Now, other victims who claim they reacted badly to the jab, but who are not involved in the class action, are also claiming sites such as Facebook have given them warnings about sharing their experiences. You can't talk about the misadventure as a result of a COVID jab. How dare they face this kind of cruel-hearted treatment by, I don't know, who's doing it, faceless government technocrats, maybe tech nerds from the social media giants themselves. Whoever it is, it's appalling. Now, the Telegraph in the UK is claiming that these same victims are resorting to a form of self-censorship by writing to each other cryptically. It's like some group of, I don't know, hunted escapees in a communist regime trying to communicate by code. That's what it is. GB News has been having a field day with this in London and even invited a panel of comedians into the studio to comment. That's what they felt. Um, That's how they felt it should have been treated. Uh, This is what Steve Allen, who's a prominent comedian in the UK, said after revealing that he too had been cancelled on social media for joking about COVID. This is the problem of of tech having that much control and wielding it incorrectly because, in fact, I actually genuinely have had a problem with YouTube. We used to do a little show with Eric McElroy, Comic Solving Problems. We made some jokes about vaccines, which shouldn't have triggered any kind of like, oh, you're dealing with misinformation. Yeah, we got flagged all over the place. Um, Videos taken down and everything. And we were just doing jokes, so it's not a serious issue. There is a serious issue here. Um, These tech companies... They're not. They're probably not being overzealous because they have some sinister motive, which will probably be, will be people's guess online. It's they want an easy life, and it's easy just to wipe out the things that are slightly tricky. Yeah. But the problem is right here. You've got some genuine cases. There was footage of the COVID uh, investigation that was censored by YouTube. What are you doing? If you are so yeah. censorious that you're stopping the actual legal investigation being broadcast on your platform, you've got a big problem. Big problem, all right. Uh, By the way, he's a comedian. Um, They should get him on as a news commentator more regularly. He is good. So true as well. Blocking the official government-funded COVID-19 inquiry is beyond censorship. It's beyond a cover-up. It's stark raving mad. Why are they doing that? YouTube was the culprit in that case, blocking coverage of the covid Inquiry, which, of course, has been running on every source of media in the UK for months and months and months. And there's a particular channel you can go to, um, signed off on by government, to get a day-by-day blow of what goes on in those inquiry rooms. 
Uh, YouTube said the clip was a violation of medical misinformation policy. So someone who takes a clip of whatever has been given as testimony and puts it on social media is violating medical misinformation laws. It's ridiculous. Even footage of Stephen Bowie, a member of the Scottish Vaccine Injury Group who suffered a spinal stroke and blood clot following the jab, he was also flagged with a similar warning. I don't know, maybe they've just swallowed all of their fear-mongering during the pandemic so much so that they've become fearful themselves. It's embarrassing behaviour. And how's this? Members of the British UK CV family, which is a Facebook group of about 1,000 members, have had some of their members' accounts banned or some of their posts hidden. This is after the pandemic. Meta claims certain posts did not meet its standards, but the same people, the same people that can't talk freely on Facebook, they have been granted core participant status in the official COVID inquiry. In other words, they'll be giving evidence in the inquiry, but can't speak about it beforehand on social media. These are uh, these are officially sanctioned victims and they're being ostracised, cancelled by, I don't know, tech giants who think they're bigger than the government. It's a disgusting reflection on Britain's claim to be a genuine democracy and upholder of free speech. They're none of the two. It's truly outrageous. It's Orwellian in the absolute extreme. What kind of sick culture has been created from the pandemic? That's how sick it's got, and it defies any logic whatsoever. This is TNT. You should hear what Ross Cameron is talking about. I see there's a new trend taking place, sweeping uh, the internet of what they're calling sort of technology naked walks, where you go for a walk without your iPhone, without uh, a headset, and just alone with your thoughts. Apparently some people are finding it quite emotionally taxing, but subsequently liberating. Uh, certainly I find if I get into a motor vehicle with a teenager, it's a matter of seconds uh, before there is a request for uh, usually the latest uh, Taylor Swift song or some other form of electronic stimulus. We are generation apparently trained uh, for a very short concentration span and a desperate need for um, digital company. Ross Cameron on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The light is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. They've launched a new service called Wake Up Your Neighbours where you can get copies delivered to the streets right around you if you don't want to do it yourself. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk A hoax about carbon dioxide in the climate has caused a global energy and economic disaster. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Well, I've been looking forward to catching up with uh, my special guest this hour for quite some time. We spoke to him back in July, but I think um, the time is nigh and this is a good time to do it. Now, Ray Epps. The only January 6th protester who actually told people to go into the US Capitol building 
has been officially sentenced on Tuesday to one year probation, $500 restitution and 100 hours community service. This is Ray Epps, who's been absolutely everywhere, as you know. Now, while many January 6 protesters are rotting in jail for nonviolent crimes, mind you, Epps escapes a prison term. How is that allowed to happen? Let's bring in TNT Radio presenter Timothy Shea, live from New York, to discuss this and a whole heap more. There's a lot happening. Uh, by the way, Timothy's show is live weekdays from 6pm until 7pm New York time or from 10am until 11am in Sydney. He's been active in GOP and conservative politics for over 50 years, as you know. He's the former host of Radio Red Nation Rising and Patriot Uprising Television. He served in elected local government positions and is a serial entrepreneur and business consultant. He's also the co-founder of MAGA Institute and the co-host of MAGA Institute podcast. Timothy Shea, after all of that, welcome to TNT and this particular program. Chris, it's great to be back with you. And I don't like to brag, but uh, I'm also a serial Facebook offender. I found out the hard way that Facebook does not give a 30-second 30 30-day 30 ban after 31 30-day bans, in, including, Chris, by the way, in completely coincidentally, back-to-backs in October, November in both 2018, 2020, and 2022. Oh, that's a badge of honor. Each of them, each of them expired the day after election day in each of those years. Like they weren't even trying to hide what they were trying to do. <laughs> but after 31 of those, they banned me entirely, completely nuked for life. All of my followers gone, all of my friends gone, all my pictures and videos gone because I just wouldn't shut up about the fact that they were lying about the election, lying about the mod RNA injections, lying about everything with COVID. And you're exactly right. It's a badge of honor. It is a badge of honor. And can you believe what's happening in the UK after the pandemic? Well, and truly after the pandemic, I don't know what the UK take up is in booster rate, but it's below 10%. No one's taking the boosters because they've all woken up. Thank goodness. And then they're still cancelling people who are not just speculators, um, people who have their own theories and opinions about COVID jabs. These are officially sanctioned victims who will be interviewed and giving testimony at the UK COVID inquiry. They can't even talk on Facebook. Right, right. And it's, you know, Facebook wouldn't accept my partner in MAGA Institute, Brooke McGowan, is running for Congress in North Carolina 10. There's an open seat because her despicable GOPE, that's what we call the establishment uh, GOP, the GOPE weasel has resigned. Patrick McHenry is resigning his seat. He's not going to be running for re-election. So there's an open seat in her district and she's running and Facebook won't accept her ads. And yet Facebook took over $400 million of DNC and PAC money in 2020 to help swing the election to the guy nobody voted for. Gross. It is gross. Gross hypocrisy. And there is no rhyme or reason apart from the fact they are doing the government's bidding. Well, that's it. That's it yeah. right there. I mean, Facebook started out as a CIA funded operation, LifeLog. LifeLog terminated the very day that Facebook was incorporated. So do the math. Yeah. Uh, and the reason is because back then the Smith-Munt Act was still in force. The Smith-Munt Act was a 1952 national security law 
that prohibited the government from propagandizing American citizens on American soil. Well, Obama snuck that into our biennial National Defense Authorization Act because the Constitution only permits the funding of the military for two years. So they load everything into that must-pass bill. And in 20, or, uh, 2012, it was the Smith Modernization Act. And don't you love how they abuse the language, Chris? Yeah. They modernized Smith Munt by <laughs> repealing it. And this, by the way, was a bill that couldn't even make it out of committee. And so people voted on the National Defense Authorization Act. They had no idea that they were repealing Smith Munt. Yeah. But now, because of that, the government can propagandize us on American soil. And oh boy, have they. Yeah, you're not wrong. Okay, I want to talk about Ray Epps. We have a saying in Australia that says it doesn't pass the pub test. In other words, nine out of 10 people would look at a decision, a policy, an action, a behavior and go, get away. That's disgraceful. This doesn't pass the pub test. He doesn't get a day in jail. No, no, it, it's it's outrageous. Next Thursday, January 18th, I'm going to be interviewing again Jeremy Brown, who's been on my show before. People are going to want to tune in for this because Jeremy is going to be on the show from jail. He's in jail because he had the temerity to release the uh, security tape that he took of two federal agents on his front step trying to recruit him to be an agent provocateur and an undercover informer on January 6th. Jeremy's a patriot. He said no. And so they planted evidence on him after the fact to send him to prison. They planted evidence to the fact they tried to plant confidential information on him. And when they presented it in the court, the jury rejected it because it was presented on a CD that was in a red jewel case. You know, those red plastic cases yeah. that CDs would come in. And the jury said, no, there's there's no red case in the any of the pictures you've taken of the crime scene. So we're not going to buy that. Uh, but what they also planted were hand grenades that were not Jeremy's. They're provably not Jeremy's. And yet he's still convicted. So on appeal, we believe he's going to be fully vindicated. But this is what happens when you expose what they're doing. Mm. And whether Ray Epps was a formal asset of FBI, CIA, one of the other agencies, Capitol Police, it doesn't matter. He was acting at in their behalf. Yeah urging people the night before and the day of to, to breach the lines, to go into the Capitol. And just the very fact that he's not going to see the inside of a jail cell for even five minutes tells you everything you need to know. It does. I want to talk about Donald Trump. And we've got growing support in various polls. I think the analysis of that tells me that he's in a better position than what he was the same time when he was taking on Biden, uh, when he was taking on um, uh, Biden the previous time, sorry, when he was taking on um, Hillary Clinton the previous time, he's in a far better position. And I have a feeling um, that he will take the presidency. And I think the Democrats now realise that their efforts have been in vain. But uh, this is reflected in the way some of the mainstream media hosts who are lovers Democrat lovers are reacting to the movement in the polls. Um, it's driving the establishment elites crazy. Um, this is Tuesday morning, MSNBC's Morning Joe co-host, uh, Micah, was lost for words. Have a listen. New polling shows former President Trump making larger inroads with two key groups when compared to 2016. 
evangelicals and first-time caucus goers. NBC News national political correspondent Steve Gornacki is with us from the big board. Steve, what are the latest polls showing us about Trump's gain with these two groups? I'm just, I, I'm, I have no words for evangelical voters at this point. At this point, before we talk about that reaction, I, I want to ascertain from you the polls, some of the polls we're seeing at the moment places Trump in a better position than what he was against Hillary Clinton and against Joe Biden. Am I right or wrong? No, you're absolutely right. But here's the problem with the polls, okay? They didn't just steal the election in 2020. They've been doing it for years. We think that Mitt Romney took a dive in 2012. We don't know that Barack Obama actually won, even though there was such an enormous popular upswelling for this, as Rush Limbaugh called him, the milk chocolate messiah, this perfect candidate, perfect for suburban white liberals to prove that they're not racist and, and black people proudly having one of their own as a president. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But this guy was a total put up job. I mean, he was a manufactured candidate. He was, he was, uh, you know, just look at his whole record. We don't have to go through it. I know your audience knows all about his, his phony background, how he was graduated from Columbia after not having taken any of the classes he needed to take, yeah. how he got into Harvard after, and, and was elected president of the law review, despite not having done any of the law review work. He was just elevated all along the way. So they've been stealing elections for a long time. They thought that they had 2016 in the bag. That's why Hillary was so confident. That's why the polls were all saying 99% chance that she's going to win. They thought they had cheated enough. And we broke their algorithm because we came out of the hills and the hollers, as they said, down off the hills and up out of the hollers, which is a, a an American yeah. uh, Appalachian word for valley. And we broke their algorithm. So in 2020, they doubled down and they cheated every way they could. Well, Chris, I've always said that hubris will be their downfall. They always overstep the mark. All you have to do is keep handing them rope. Eventually, they're going to hang themselves. And that's what they've done. And that's what they've done with these indictments. I know we've got a break, but I want to talk about the indictments after that. Okay, let's talk about that and also Micah's reaction to Donald Trump's yeah. poll numbers. We'll do that right after a news break on TNT. Here's the news. TNT Radio News. news. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. The credibility of the Biden administration is being questioned after the Pentagon failed to inform the public or the president that the Secretary of Defence had been diagnosed with cancer and was undergoing surgery. A state of internal armed conflict has been declared in Ecuador, where the military has been deployed to neutralise armed cartels who have launched a wave of attacks across the country. And a series of violent tornadoes have cut a path of destruction through Florida. Are you enjoying listening to TNT Radio? Do you think we're doing a good job? Then please let us know. Why not leave us a like or a positive review or comment on Facebook, Gab or Getter. Help us get the word out as we cover the biggest topics of our time on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Timothy Shea, let's get straight back into it. And the indictments which are aimed to take Donald Trump out of play are working for him, not against him, of course. Chris, it's the most beautiful thing. And, you know, Mika is going crazy over evangelicals and first-time caucus goers. What she's not mentioning is that Trump, for the first time ever, is leading among black men. For the first time ever, the Republican mm. is beating the Democrat amongst black men. And the reason for this is the indictments. They've made it so obvious how scared they are of him 
and how much they hate us because it's not that they want to keep him off the ballot as much as it is they don't want to give us the ability to vote for him mm. and every time he was indicted his poll numbers kept going up yeah. among all populations but particularly among black men and the best video i saw was a young man down in atlanta saying i don't know what kind of magic he's got but i get indicted i go to jail he gets indicted his poll numbers go up i'm for trump man anybody anybody <laughs> they're going after that hard you know he's got to be scaring them yeah. and that's exactly what's happened and that's why mika is freaking out yes. because they we've it's almost like i don't know if you've seen the grinch who stole christmas yes i, I don't know if that's popular down in australia but it is you know he he's mulling at the top of <laughs> of the mountain but they're, they're doing it without tassels and trinkets and toys <laughs> that's yeah. the way the democrats here are now it's like wait a second we've indicted him his poll numbers go up we 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 break into mar-a-lago his poll numbers go up the serious part about this chris is i am deathly afraid that they are going to try to assassinate our president yeah i've heard a because lot because they've that. shown they've shown an absolute willingness by any means necessary there's nothing at which they will scruple there's no low that they will not embrace yeah. i'm deathly afraid for his safety because yeah. now right as now, for mika mika and her father him. were very much on the uh um I, I, I guess the jimmy carter bandwagon weren't they well, Mika's father is Vignu Brzezinski, who is Jimmy Carter's national security advisor. Right. That right there tells you everything you need to know about the politico media complex in Washington. It's a revolving door back and forth, back and forth. It's, as George Carlin said, it's a big effing club and we're not in it. <laughs> well said. Uh, now, according to one top J.P. Morgan strategist, and I've got a mate who's with JP Morgan, and they, for some reason, they get to know things that you don't know. But anyway, that's an aside. Biden will apparently quit his re-election campaign. The head of the market and investment strategy at JP Morgan's asset management division, Michael Sembalist, made his bold prediction on Monday. Do you think he might be right? Well, do I think he might be right? I said that on January 20th. 2021. As soon as Joe Biden took the oath of office, I said he's not going to be the nominee. Yeah. Okay, they're going to use him for as long as they can use him. The early signs of dementia had already established themselves a couple of years before. He was he was demented all the way through the the quote unquote campaign in which he never campaigned, and it it just makes sense. If, however, he is the nominee, they don't care about getting him to win. All the big money is going behind Nikki Haley. I said on my show the other night that these people don't care about left versus right, D versus R, because it's a uniparty. And they'll fund whoever can get them the result they want for themselves best. And so if they have to put up with a Republican, they'll put up with a Republican like Nikki Haley, who's really a Democrat. And that's why they're all out against Donald Trump, because they can't control him. And that scares them because he know they know that he's going after them. Yeah, a Ukraine Air Force spokesman has admitted, and this takes us into other territories, but I want to come back to Trump in reference to the to Ukraine in just a second. But a Ukraine Air Force spokesman admitted on Tuesday that the nation's air defences have been depleted by Russian strikes. Quote, intense Russian airstrike forces um, have forced us to use a corresponding amount of air defence means. That's why we need more of them as Russia keeps increasing its attack capabilities. How long will the United States fund this losing venture? 
until January 20th, 2025, when Donald Trump takes the oath of office. Mm. I mean, that's what, this goes back to George Orwell's 1984, the endless war. You know, it was always a war between East Asia and Oceania, or all the different regions that they had back then, because there were no longer countries, but there were regions. And that's where the UN wants to take us. They want to take us into a world of regions, not countries. And, and they need endless war. This is how they keep that money flowing. So what does Donald Trump do? The instant he comes into power again, he stops any resources to Ukraine. He sits both down or maybe their conduits down and he solves the problem. I think he's the only human being on earth that could, isn't he? He doesn't even have to do that. It's going to be like Ronald Reagan all over again. Within moments of Reagan taking the oath of office, Iran released our hostages. Reagan didn't have to do anything because they knew it was coming. Putin and Zelensky won't have to do anything. As soon as Trump takes the oath of office, they know that the jig is up. Look, Ukraine has never been winning this war. They've had some limited successes. Yes, have they eaten into Russian uh, armament supplies? Yes. Have they killed some Russians? Yes, but in no way have they been winning this war ever, mm-hmm. ever. This has all been a paste-up job. And now it was announced today that Sweden is talking about joining NATO. You know, they're talking about expanding NATO. I want NATO to go away. I do not think that there's any legitimate reason for an organization like NATO in the world anymore. Mm-hmm. We've got the UN. Why do we need NATO? Yeah. How many more bodies do you need? How many more umbrella bodies that seem to me and seem to a lot of people to do nothing? That's exactly it. And it's it's funny because at the same time, they're so exercised about Russia, which really isn't a threat to anybody except people that keep attacking it. You know, everybody thinks that Putin just invaded. Well, the... People, the ethnic Russians in Donbass and Luket's province had been bombed for eight years by their own government. You know, their own government has outlawed the religion, outlawed the language, is bombing the people, and they asked Putin to come in. So I'm not a Putin apologist by any means, but it's not this nice and easy binary world that the left wants people to believe in. Yeah. I want to talk about Elon Musk. Um, The business magnate is advocating for in-person voting and for requiring a government-issued identification to vote. Now, this doesn't just apply to the United States. This has been debated in the UK, in various Mm -hmm. European divisions, the Australian. uh, In Australia, it's it's been talked about ad nauseum, especially after last um, federal survey. It is a no-brainer to me, Timothy, that you should have a an ID presented to vote for the party of your choice. You need ID to purchase a mobile phone. You need ID to purchase a, a refrigerator. Why shouldn't we produce an ID, get it all out in the open, make sure there's no duplication, and have it officially sanctioned as an official vote, as opposed to this willy-nilly attempt that all parties um, seem to follow to try and persuade certain electorates to vote in their favour. Enough of the corruption. This is one way to reduce it, isn't it? Well, Chris, how very racist of you. Don't you know that it's racist to demand ID? (laughs) You're exactly right. You can't buy cigarettes. I am 61 years old with a beautiful head of silver hair. 
And I got ID'd at the grocery store trying to buy a six pack of beer last week. The yeah. girl asked for my ID and I had ID on me. I had ID on Oh, me. you would have been flattered, wouldn't you? Well, wait, she asked for ID and I said, seriously? And she <laughs> said, yeah. And I, I pointed to my hair and she said, no, I need ID. And I said, yeah, that's my ID. Call yeah. an assistant manager. <laughs> and I made, the, I made the manager come over and key in, okay, he's approved. Uh, and I was not about to show my ID to buy a six pack of beer at 61 years of age. Good on you. You've got to defy these ridiculous regulations and laws. It's absurd. It's an absurdity. And it's an absurdity to say that voter ID is racist. Because, yeah. and, and here's the proof. Mark Dice, the comedian who goes around and interviews people on the street, he went down to Santa Monica Pier and he asked all the, the, the white marshmallow heads, what they thought of voter ID. And they all said it was racist. And then he went to Harlem and he asked a whole bunch of black people on the street if requiring voter ID was racist. And one woman said, racist? What? They think we can't have ID? I had to spend four hours at DMV yesterday <laughs> to get ID. And she whipped out her driver's license. She goes, yeah. everybody's got ID. What are you talking about? Yeah, the, same argument, ID? the same argument it was taking place about a year ago when this was a, a big news story in Australia. And the argument was that Indigenous people in the middle of Australia, well, they don't have ID or they can't find ID. Well, if we're trying to look after their poverty-stricken family and, you know, those in that family that have addictions, if we can't identify them, how are we supposed to help them? It might actually be of great use to be able to identify them first and then work out what their needs are. It may actually be a positive, constructive thing to force them to have an ID to vote. Well, there is that as well, Chris. And and here's the thing. It's naked racism on their part, right? It's the, it's the racism of low expectations. It's the racism of a paternalistic attitude. Oh, well, those people, they're too poor to have ID. So no. we have to, you know, it, can get, it disgusts me. It really disgusts me. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, every single time we go to the polls, we have a right to question who wins and whether it was legitimate. Is that what we, is that the kind of confidence we want to have in our voting system? I don't think it is. Well, here's the thing. They prevented people from asking questions about all the COVID lies. Now they're trying to criminalize asking questions about the legitimacy of an election. Mm. Uh, it's it. You're correct. The very fact that we have to ask the question is indicative of the problem. Yeah, exactly. You've been very generous with your time at late uh, hours of the night. We appreciate that. And uh, I implore my viewers and listeners to tune into your show, New York Times, 6 p.m. until 7 p.m., all the very best, Timothy. Thank you. Chris, thank you. Great to be on with you. Cheers. Good on you. Timothy Shea, as I say, 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. For those uh, who watch his show and listen to his show in Australia, Sydney time, it's 10 a.m. to 11. And I've got a number of people on the chat box who are saying exactly that. I listen to Timothy, says Chris, every day here in Australia. And I'm on my 30th Facebook ban and have just taken all my photographs off just in case, 15 years of work. After Timothy comes, the great, uh, and then he goes into other hosts as well, which is fantastic. Thank you very much for that, Chris. I appreciate it. Uh, and Warwick rhetorically asks, my mother died. Can she still vote? Well, she can. This is the problem. Dead people end up voting in a system that doesn't require identification. Every single thing you do requires some form of identification.
whether it's a driver's license, a name, a phone number, or an address, you're required to identify yourself. And it's, you know, in reference to something so important as to working out who should run the nation, it is not too much to ask your ID to say who you are. And as I say, inadvertently, you help those who don't have ID by working out exactly who they are, what their needs are. It actually becomes a record whereby you can use that record to help them out. It may actually be inadvertently advantageous for those who couldn't produce their ID. But of course, those who fear of being voted out of office don't want to borrow this. They would rather have us all complain every time someone wins an election that it was unfair, someone cheated, or there's corruption involved. That's not the democratic voting system that I prefer to live under. How about we get it right? And how about we do it right? We'll take a break. If you want to have something to say, the best place to do it is on our talkback line. Do it right away. Jump on from the United States or Canada. Would you be prepared to hand out your identification card? And yes, it's a, it's a, it's a form of control, but if you want your elections run as clean and as accurate as they possibly can, you've got to have that system in place. You can call in on 1-888-2016425. I'd love to hear from you. From the UK, 033-0024-1026. And from Australia and New Zealand, 1-800-670-310. Let's take a break on TNT. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people, but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives. One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like, I don't remember what I did last week, but like, I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy. There's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible. I'm dying. I wasn't working. I had all of these hospital bills. We had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lyme is such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it. For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. Military families often sacrifice precious time away from loved ones while serving our country. And for those with children, the separation can be especially difficult. We were worried that with him leaving, that she would lose those connections with her dad. Some of life's best moments happen between parents, children, and the pages of a good book. United Through Reading provides that connection. You can watch your mom or dad read a book to you, and it almost feels like they're really there. We ensure they remain a consistent, meaningful part of their children's lives, no matter the distance. Just seeing Jacob recognize Daddy again after a long time just melted my heart. And now, as we're facing greater isolation from our loved ones, United Through Reading is also available to veterans. Learn more about United Through Reading and download our free secure app at unitedthroughreading.org. This is The Chris Smith Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Uh, Very nice comment coming through on the chat box once again. I can't keep up with all the commentary today on the chat box. If any of you who are on the chat box would like to talk on 
our talkback lines. You should have the numbers by now. Jump on and have your say on those lines. But one here from Justin, and Justin says in reference to our second birthday, happy birthday, TNT, all staff and viewers, listeners. Many thanks to us all, uh, or many thank to us all. I think he means thank to you. Um, keep up the good work. Love yous all. All the best from me and my family. Thank you, Justin. We understand what you're trying to say. We do understand it. I want to um, go very quickly to what uh, the Secretary of State has had to say in the Middle East, where apparently he's had a very feisty meeting and conversation with Benjamin Netanyahu. It seems as if America is on a different course to the Israelis, which means the Israelis are going to be on their own, totally and utterly internationally isolated if they don't watch it. And I'll get to that in just a second. But we were talking a little earlier about um, the race to be the GOP nominee for president. And it's interesting. I had a look at some campaign attendances between the likes of Ramaswamy, DeSantis, Trump, Halley, and it's interesting to see who seems to be working their butt off as opposed to others who seem to be doing it in a, a rather casual kind of way. And I'm always one of these people that feels as if if you work twice as hard as someone in a similar job or vying for a similar job, you're likely to win out irrespective of your talent because hard work does get you somewhere. Um, well, I'll tell you about how busy they have been. Donald Trump has attended 24 events on the campaign trail so far. He's been to 19 counties. 24 events, 19 counties. Nikki Haley, 51 events, double that of Donald Trump, and 30 counties, almost double that of Trump. But then you get up to Ron DeSantis, 99 events he's attended and 57 counties. Now, his hard work is not uh, making a hell of a difference because he's still languishing in the polls. I can't work that out. 99 events and 57 counties. Uh, but the winner in terms of hard work on the campaign trail thus far is Vivek Ramaswamy. He has attended a phenomenal 239 events and he's visited 94 counties. Bear in mind, Donald Trump has visited, visited 19 counties, Ramaswamy 94 counties. Maybe he thinks he has to because he's in that bottom section, that bottom rung. But boy, oh boy, that is working hard. And, of course, we see him on just about every watchable news outlet he does his fair share of interviews and he doesn't mind speaking to mainstream media who detest him either. So he's got guts, but 239 events and 94 counties, which is quite amazing. Let's get to the talkback lines. I want to go to Victoria in Australia. Maggie, welcome to the program. No, she's just jumped off the phone. How about we ring her back and see if um, she didn't, well, she didn't like waiting for five minutes. She was only on there for five minutes. But Maggie wanted to talk about identification in the electoral system in Australia. The same problems exist. The same arguments exist, as Timothy was outlining, that occur in the United States. Oh, it's racist to say that you could, you've got to turn up to vote with your voter ID. Well, is it racist to say to the same people who want to open a bank account, where's your ID? No. 
Is it racist to say to someone who wants to buy a car, where's your ID? No. But it is when it comes to voting? No. That's a lie. That is BS. Don't believe any politician who spins you that BS because that's exactly what it is. And we might actually do some uh, some good for those who can't be identified in the community. Now, to Anthony Blinken. The US Secretary of State called on Israel to work with moderate Palestinians and neighbouring countries on plans for post-war Gaza. Now, I don't get any kind of inclination from Benjamin Netanyahu that he's thinking about what comes after he takes out Hamas. He seems to be transfixed and focused on taking out Hamas at any cost, at any cost of life as well. So it's interesting that Andy, Anthony Blinken is saying, what's next? What's next for the Palestinian people? Is that what Benjamin Netanyahu wants to think about? Uh, by the sound of reports between the two men, that didn't go down too well, because I have a feeling that while the United States is thinking about what the next major step is, Benjamin Netanyahu is not. That's the major difference between the two so-called allies. Let's go back to our talkback lines. Maggie, are you with us now? Welcome. The question is, Chris, are you with me? I'm with you. I'm very much Good. with you. <laughs> Greetings and salutations from Maggie Mack living in the most lockdown state in Australia, Victoria. Thank you, Dan Andrews. Yes. And it's pertaining my, my, um, my thoughts on voter ID. Mm. Um, I was a scrutineer in the state election and I watched the votes for Dan Andrews or the Labor Party piling up and the independence tiny little section of voting um, and I wasn't, when I voted myself, I was not asked for ID. And during this latest voice referendum, the, a lot of people were saying tongue in cheek, um, vote, vote often and vote early. <laughs> and, you know, considering what happened in the US, mm. that really concerned me because we don't have voter ID requirements here other than just saying, I am Maggie Mack the meat-eating woman who's shoving it up uh, Klaus Schwab's derriere. Yep. Um, and that's all we need to do. There is no verification of who we are. And I. And if you are I in have... an electorate, if you are in a... Let's explain this to, to people who, who, who are still wondering why this is important. Because if you are in an electorate that you know could go either way and you yeah. are avid supporter, uh, an avid supporter of, of a particular major candidate, you could then vote at 8 o'clock in the morning at that booth and then go yeah. up the corner to the next public school and vote again there and then go to the next public school and find your name and vote there. You could vote exactly. as many times as you want. Exactly, and that's why I think our elections need a good clean-up. The potential for fraud um, is extraordinary. So yeah. that's, um, I think we And need if you and your 15 friends want to do the same yeah. thing, you're talking about 100 votes that could be out of whack. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. The, the, the sentiment in, in Victoria, most of us wanted Dan Andrews out. And I'm convinced, even though scrutineering, it appeared as though he was doing well, I still think that was rigged for sure. I, I'm, I'm so suspicious now. We definitely need ID, as does America. This is crazy. Calling it racist. These people yeah. are nuts. No, we're all nuts. We've got to sort out these politicians. 
Yeah, and the left keeps standing in the way of this. And the yeah. left has more to gain, I think, Maggie. I, I, I don't think they're seeing the forest for the trees. If they are talking to disadvantaged, poverty-stricken people, the likelihood is that those category of people would vote for a left-leaning, welfare-prone party. They have everything to gain out of this. Mm, and I think a lot of immigrants who are sailing into or flying into the country now... Um, they would be very, very comfortable voting for the government that, that got them to the land of the free um, yeah. without any any knowledge of who they're really voting for or what they're voting for. So it's a Do you, it's a do you have any problem. confidence in the new Premier of Victoria? Who's that? <laughs> that answers the question. Maggie, yes, great to have you on the program. Not. Thank you for calling in. Thank you, Chris. Bye. Appreciate that. Maggie Mack. Um, Maggie writes a few little comments from time to time on emails, uh, etc. She's very, very kind, but she's very, very astute. And I'd love to have Maggie back to comment on whatever was in uh, the daily news list because she's uh, right on the ball, which most people who watch or listen to TNT are, which is very, very handy. Now, back to Blinken for a second and this friction between him and the Israeli Prime Minister. The war in Gaza is still raging with no end in sight, reports AP, and fueling a humanitarian catastrophe in the tiny coastal enclave. The fighting has also stoked escalating violence between Israel and Hezbollah, um, raising fears of it spreading to Lebanon and spreading to Iran and then China and Russia to get involved. It gives me a migraine even thinking about it. But speaking at a news conference after meeting with top Israeli leaders, Blinken said, Israel must stop taking steps that undercut the Palestinians' ability to govern themselves effectively. Now, that is a punch in the nose from Blinken to Benjamin Netanyahu. Israel, he added, must be a partner of the Palestinian leaders who are willing to lead their people and live side by side in peace with Israel. Settler violence, settlement expansion, home demolitions and evictions all make it harder, not easier, he said, for Israel to achieve lasting peace and security. US officials have called for the Palestinian Authority, which currently administers parts of the Israeli-occupied West Bank, to take the reins in Gaza. That is the only authority that in the short term can do so and take it away from the control of Hamas. Israeli leaders have rejected that idea. This is how conflicted they are with their main allies, the United States, but have not put forward a concrete plan. They don't have a plan. They're not interested in having a plan about a two-state solution. They've never been interested in a plan for a two-state solution. They've got to get down and talk to the authority right away, as Blinken says, and get on with planning for the future. And forget about destroying the entire Gaza Strip. I've got to take a break, maybe find a drink of water from somewhere. I hope you can too. Maybe a cup of tea would be nice. And then we'll be back after the news with a whole lot more. Do not go anywhere. Holly Hughes coming up on TNT. TNT.